Welcome to the Fully Alive Man podcast. This is a podcast to help men become more fully alive by doing life together. Hey guys, my name is Lee Rogers. I work at North Point Community Church with men's groups. I am here as always with my good friend and coworker, Doug Hurley. Doug, good afternoon. How are you? I am doing fantastic, glorious Lee. Get it? <laughs> I love having a new name. Every podcast is fantastic. Gloriously, we will take it. Um, if you guys have listened before, you know this. We really believe that we are better as men. We live m- more fully alive, more fulfilling lives when we are doing life in relationship, in a community with other men, men who know our stories, who know what's going on in our lives, and guys to help us move through this journey of life. Today, we are going to jump into a topic that um, I can't believe we haven't talked about before. It's incredibly important, um, and it's the idea of social media. Um, I think guys have a, men have a little bit different view of social media probably um, than kids these days and as um, women do. And so we're just going to talk about what that looks like. So in that light, we've brought on our resident expert, our social media genius, Dave Adamson. Good afternoon, Dave. How are you? I am very good. Thank you for having me, Doug and Lee Pierre. This is I gave you a name as well. Is that okay? I, I figured that that's what you guys do. Wait, wait, what was it again? Leap year. Leap year. I love it. Leap year. Yes. For those of you who don't speak Australian perfectly well, that was leap year. I'm going to put an R on that for a day. Leap year. Well, first of all, thank you, Dave, for being here with us. You really are an expert in this field. And um, no, mu- you much more have your finger on the pulse of what's going on in the social media world than Doug and I both combined, <laughs> not just to speak for you, Doug, but I really, I really believe that's true. As a matter of fact, Doug, I'm just going to ask, what social media are you connected to at this point? Well, I, was, uh, I wasn't connected really to anything except for LinkedIn until I joined staff about five years ago. My first meeting with Dave who is, was on staff already, was a pastor on staff, was in charge of social media for all of North Point. I'm sitting down with him and he, he basically said, how, w- what year do you think this is? How, could, how do you think you can be a pastor at this church or really be a person trying to do ministry, business or whatever in the world and not have Facebook, Twitter, et cetera? Yeah. So I opened up all my accounts thanks to Dave. Thank you, Dave. Very good. I think what I actually said to you, Doug, was having... Uh, having social media, being on social media will make you a more efficient and effective leader, pastor, and dad. What what you did is you spoke Doug's love language um, so that you could get through. Well done, Dave. Kudos to you, sir. Well played. Yeah, I, I will say for me, I am connected at the most basic non-producing level of social media that I can. Mm-hmm. You know, I... I have the Facebook, I have the Instagram, I track TikTok just a little bit because I have a kid who's, you know, does TikTok and that's really about it at this point. So you would say, would you say that you're more of a consumer of content than a creator of content? 100%. 
Yep. Gotcha. What about you, Doug? Oh, consumer for sure. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And I want to um, definitely get into the the answer, the question of what should we be. But before we do that, Dave, give us just a little bit of background on you. Where are you from? Yeah. How'd you get here? What does your life look like? All of those things. It, just assuming we haven't um, already background checked you on Instagram and <laughs> Facebook. Yeah, I'm a pastor on staff at uh, North Point Ministries. I oversee social media specifically at the moment. A lot of that revolves around YouTube and what our church is doing on YouTube. Um, I also do a lot of work with uh, our North Point Partner Ministry, which oversees churches around the US, uh, North America, South America, Europe, Australia. Um, And I really, from that point of view, I really help them with their social media and online strategies as far as online streaming, which um, obviously has taken on more significance just recently. So uh, I've been up to my neck in that sort of work over the past little while. Um, But I was born in Australia. In Australia, I was a a TV sports reporter for our version of ESPN Sports Center before I decided to go into full-time ministry. And I did that by moving my wife, my kids, selling everything we had and moving to New Jersey to be a church online pastor at Liquid Church, which I did for about five and a bit years. And then uh, 2013, I came to Atlanta to take a job at North Point. And um, yeah, been here ever since. Wow, that is really cool. And you have two daughters or three daughters? Three daughters, three teenage girls, so I need all the prayer I can get. God bless you, sir. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast we need to get into. Oh, yeah. We just, we just pause and pray for him. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's right. We'll just spend the rest of the day. Man, especially during this season that we're currently in while we're recording this, you know, like I've been shut in with four girls and literally – I've taken to having really long showers because it's the only place I get some time alone. (laughs) That's amazing. Well, you just keep doing what you're doing because Doug and I both will be coming to you for advice for probably the next 20 years as as our kids and daughters get older and older. So jumping into this topic of social media, what, what is your picture just generally of men in social media these days? Yeah, well, it it actually might surprise people to know that actually 65% of men, according to Pew Research, 65% of men are active on social media on a regular basis. Now, when they do that, it's not daily, but it's a couple of times a a week. That's what would be deemed as regular. But when you look through, so so I think that number, I was actually surprised by that. It was actually higher than what I thought it would would have been. But I think there are a lot of people who are like you guys who are consumers of that content. And while they might just aimlessly flick through while they're in the, you know, the shopping center line or something or the bank line or, or, or in traffic. Bathroom. Um, there's not, let's be real. not as many. What's that? In the bathroom. Let's be real. Yeah. In the bathroom. Yeah. Correct. Um, so while there's a lot of people, I think most, most of those guys would be consumers of the content. But when I look through platforms, it was interesting to see. And, and for me, this wasn't very surprising, but it, it might be for you guys and for your listeners. On Facebook, 46, uh, on Facebook, 46% of the audience is male. Oh, wow. So it skews predominantly female, but not too predominantly female. Sure. Whereas on Instagram, 43% of the audience are male. So that is much heavily, more heavily weighted towards women. When it comes to Twitter, Twitter is 66% male. So 
Twitter is definitely the man's place to go. And I think it's because it's limited in characters. So, you know, we don't have much to say as men. We, we say much fewer words we than get to women. The point. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one way to put it. Or we avoid the point. Let's be honest. Right. Or we avoid the point. That's right. Um, LinkedIn is 57% men on that platform. Again, not too surprising. And then what do you think it would be for YouTube? Because count, I count 100% count YouTube as a social media platform. Yeah. And there's a bunch of reasons for that. What do you think the, the breakdown demographically is for YouTube? Uh, higher for guys. Yeah, I'd say ju yeah. just over half for guys. It's actually 62% oh, wow. of YouTube and men. Now, a lot of that skews a lot younger. 18 to 24-year-olds take up a whole big chunk of that sure. or, or skew that a little bit higher on our, our side. But, you know, YouTube really is at the moment, it is by far the biggest social media platform. Wow. It's the second most active social media platform. It's also the second biggest search engine in the world. Um, and it's where... It's where guys go to find answers for everything from fixing their car to fixing their marriage. And so this is why I think it's such an important platform, especially in, in, in the capital C church world for us to be leveraging and using. Gosh, that is really good. And I, I wasn't even thinking about it when we started this conversation, but yes, I go to YouTube for everything. Um, yeah. It, from, yeah, from learning to enter entertainment. Um, yeah, I can. I, there's something sick in me that can watch fails all day long. I don't know what that is. <laughs> well, one of the biggest YouTube accounts uh, in the world is actually run by uh, like five Christian guys. It's called Dude Perfect. Yes, they've got more than 35 million subscribers, wow. and it is hard not to watch their videos, regardless of what age you're at. Um, but especially if you're a guy and you have sons, this is a great source of entertainment for you guys because literally they just go to high places and drop things, like they <laughs> drop right. a safe. And I can watch that all day. Or they have these impossible trick shots with, yeah. with uh, basketballs and baseballs and you name it. Um, and so it's, it's almost impossible not to watch it. And I think Dude Perfect alone probably has skewed that uh, demographic way towards me. I could not agree more. I mean, thanks to, I have a 14 and 11-year-old boy, and thanks to those guys, and even my 8-year-old daughter watches, um, I think I've seen them all. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And it is a <laughs> lot of hype a lot of the time. <laughs> those guys are awesome. What do you think, um, gosh, even you said that you were surprised um, that more guys were, were more engaged in social media. And, and I know some guys who just aren't engaged at all. Like, oh, I don't, yeah. I'm never doing that. And I don't want to give my identification out. And I don't really care what yeah. people have to say. What do you think that is in us? Or, and is that, is that percentage dwindling? Um, well, I think the 65% surprised me a little bit because it was a little bit higher than what I thought. But, but that, that's where I got to thinking about the difference between content consumers and content creators. And that's why I specifically asked both of you guys that question. And if you look at, there's three of us here right now, I'm a content creator, probably more than a content consumer. And so I probably, that probably proves the analytics almost mm -hmm. just between the three of us. It, it almost sure. proves it like 66% of us are content consumers, well, 33, is, have I done my math right? Uh, are content creators. So yeah. it probably skews correctly that way. Um, I think I think you're right. I think 
guys in general, stereotypically, we're more closed off. We're less likely to post photos of what our food is when we're at sure. a restaurant, right? We're, yeah. we're more engaged in the conversation at hand rather than going, hey, let's just post to Instagram. We're also less likely to share our feelings and, and pour out our, our emotions or take photos of our feet when we're sitting beside the pool or stuff like that. But I think that that is why it the, the Twitter stat doesn't surprise me that it's so much more skewed towards men because we are so simple and short and we just want basically mm. small snippets of information that help us get through our day, right? right? I mean, I look at myself, the information I need when I get up in the morning is what's the weather like so I know what I'm going to be wearing, what's the traffic like so I know what time I'm going to get to work, and what are some highlights, what are some headlines that I need to have conversations at work if I need to. Yep. Literally, that's all I'm looking for. And that's why, for me, Twitter is a big one. Yeah, that's good. The essentials. I can't even... The essentials. I, yeah. I, I think that's what it is, right? Guys yeah. are all about just the essentials, not necessarily the accessories. And so, therefore, we skew towards Twitter. We also skew towards YouTube because it's video content. It's a, a lot easier to consume. But let me ask you this question. If you had to, let's for argument's sake, say um, you, you had to fix your, your mailbox, right? I don't know, something happened, you had to fix your mailbox, and you, so you went to YouTube to look for a, how do I fix my mailbox? Yeah. If there was a choice between a video that was how to fix your mailbox that was three minutes long and a video that said how to fix your mailbox that was 12 minutes long, which one are you going to watch? Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch the three minutes. And, three. and if there's yeah. only the option of eight minutes, I'm going to watch it on 1.5 or two times speed. <laughs> <laughs> See, because we want smallest, we, we just want the essentials. We, That's right. we automatically look and go, that 12-minute video is way too long, which is hilarious on one level. Yeah. Uh, but then the three-minute one is the one I want. But if there was a one-minute, a 60-second version, we'd probably watch that first. Yeah, that's right. And only go to the three minutes if the 60-second didn't cover it well enough. Man, I'm even trying to think of, I can't remember the last thing I posted other than to a specific group. Um, Facebook groups has got me a little more connected um, to yeah. some different segments. But what about you, Doug? What was the last thing you posted? Yeah, the last thing I posted, I'm sure, has something to do with work, going back to how, how Dave recommended that I you know, use that. It's interesting. I'm, I'm hung up on this word that you used a few minutes ago, Dave, and I can't wait for you to unpack it. Mm -hmm. um, and we didn't even talk. So this is not scripted, but <laughs> leverage. Yeah. Like lever leverage, I want to uh, just to understand the leverage points that we can have with social media and how we can influence. And the guys that are listening to this, you know, they're all men's leaders or or they're in a men's group. They're they're all about leverage and influence and everything else. But just doing a paradigm switch in my mind, going from being a consumer yeah. to potentially a creator, and not to make a name for myself, but to be a positive influence for God in the world. And I, I can see that's what you're talking about. I just want to understand that more, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And that's exactly what I'm talking about, Doug. You know me well enough to know that that's how I want to leverage my social media platforms, not to make me famous, but to make God famous, to make mm -hmm. my faith famous, for it to be a snapshot of my faith. And that's why I tell guys, you know, I, I think when we go to Instagram, for example, what we see on Instagram at times is these um, you know, these pretty pictures of a really 
uh, coloured in and graphic Bible that somebody's clearly got 12 different colour highlighters out and right. they've drawn flower. And, and it feels very feminine, right? feels very, very feminine at times. Or it's a picture of, you know, a bunch of flowers with a Bible verse written over the top of it. It doesn't have to look like that. In fact, the last post that I did that had a Bible in it, it literally was a Bible on a wooden crate. Um, it's this tiny little uh, travel Bible that I have on a wooden crate. It had a, t- a green tool, metal toolbox right next to it and a couple of, uh, you know, shifters or something along those lines, some, some spanners. Like that's literally what it was. That's the photo that I took. It doesn't have to be feminine. Right. And we can actually share our faith in really practical ways by by leveraging social media to get the word out there and give people a snapshot, a thumbnail of our own faith and the things we're learning if we do it in a way that's congruent with who we are as men. I think that's, that's so important. Man, I could not agree more. Um, and I want to talk a little bit more about the practical and what we should be doing, um, what we should be encouraging other guys, guys in our community, in our group to be doing on social media. But before we do, what just real quick, what are some of the danger zones with social media as mm. far as negative content or dangerous content or whatever? Yeah, this is, you know, this is something that I obviously get asked a lot and, and talk with a lot of guys about from in my role as, as a pastor. Um, this is something that comes up often with guys. And, and I really, I actually really use a lot of this stuff as a shortcut to get to the heart of what guys are really dealing with. Mm. Because a lot of guys will say to me, yeah, I have to get off social media. As soon as they say that, my next, my first question is, well, why? And they will always say there was too much content that was, um, you know, girls in bikinis and it was, it was not R-rated, but it was, you know, it was softly R-rated. And so I had to get off because I needed to avoid that. And they wear it as a badge of honor that they took this sacrifice to get off social media. And as soon as they say that to me, though, I, my response to them is always, well, how often do you look at porn? And after they get over their shock, I, I remind <laughs> yeah. them that... For example, the Instagram algorithm, it, it throws up images that it knows you want to see. So if you're getting a lot of pictures of girls in bikinis, it's because you're looking at a lot of pictures of girls in bikinis. But I always tell guys, you can, you can train the algorithm within three to five days by looking at, liking, and, and dwelling on images that are other than those images that <laughs> are being shown up in your feed. So if you go to into the Instagram feed and you hit the, the thumbnail down the bottom that looks like a magnifying glass, it takes you to the search page. And if that search page is filled with half-naked women, it's because you've been looking at half-naked women and the algorithm doesn't lie. It knows that. So I do this as a test. When a guy says that to me, I say, hey, give me, look, give me your phone. Let have a look at Instagram right now. You get a you get a really quick snapshot of whether or not they're nervous in that moment. Um, and I did this to you guys just before we started recording. I opened it up, I hit the search page, and what was there was a whole bunch of cameras and, and photo shoots and, and drone footage because that's what I look at because I'm a photographer, right? right. But but this this is one of those things that yes, it's negative, and I get it. There's a lot of that stuff out there, and we do have to be careful. But we can train it to do what we want it to do, rather than just getting off it completely and missing out on this tool that we have to share our faith with people, to show people what we're like as dads, to show people what we're like as leaders at work, to show people what we're like as husbands. Too many guys just throw out the baby with the bathwater, yep. and we miss this opportunity. 
That's but that and that makes sense, Dave. And that is definitely one of the landmines. But another one that I hear guys say, and, and I've I've said this too, and still say it is, gosh, but all the 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 heavy political junk, like just what's going on with the pandemic and coronavirus, it's like you can't even get in there yeah. and really see anything healthy, whether you are you think this is an overreaction with stay in place, or you, you think it's it's no, this is a heavy deal that's going on in the world. Yeah. And that's that's something that guys say all the time too. What do you what do you think about that? Yeah, yeah. And I totally get that because especially on Twitter, look at the look at the platform that most guys are on most predominantly, right? That is heavily focused on uh, the current affairs and it can often skew extremely negative, but it's the same sort of thing. What shows up in your feed is determined by who you follow. So if you're following a whole bunch of left-wing or right-wing people, then you're going to get a whole bunch of left-wing or right-wing extreme posts in your uh, feed. If you don't want that, unfollow or mute. I do that all the time. I, I will mute somebody first, in which case on Twitter, for example, if you hit the mute button, you do not see any of their posts anymore, but you're still technically following them if you need to catch up with them, connect with them if it's a guy from work or something along those lines, but you just won't see that stuff. But for some reason, we're too scared to do that. So instead, we like I said, we throw the baby out with the bathwater because we get off it all together rather than just using the tools that are in place. I mean, you can mute people and block people on every social media platform, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can do that even on TikTok for, for Lee. You can block people on there as well. <laughs> so either don't follow them in the first place or mute them if you have to follow them. If it's your boss or, or a close friend or somebody in your small group, for example, yeah, follow them, but you can mute them and they don't know that you're muted them and you just avoid some of that stuff. Gosh, that is really good. Um, just simply being intentional and taking control of what you can take control of and it'll it'll move in the right direction. Yeah, right. This is that's interesting that you say that. As men, we want to always be content uh, intentional and we want to always, you know, be in control of our environment yeah. and, and things like that. Yet when it comes to social media, we let it dictate us and we're in no way intentional. So therefore we get off it all together and we go, no, I'm just gonna throw it all away because we're not thinking through what it means to take control or we're not aware of the tools that are available to us to make it streamlined into what we want and potentially what we need it to be. Wow, that is really good. And as I said before, we're gonna jump into practical, like what would be the most valuable thing we as Christian men and men in community could be doing and producing um, with social media in just a second. But first, we want to pause for a little section we'd like to call man, man hacks. hacks. First, Doug, will you tell us what a man hack is? Yeah, a man hack is a tip or a trick, best practice that uh, you as a guy would share with other guys to make them better at life. Perfect. What, what do yeah, you got? So what I got for today is it's specific to the pandemic, if that's okay. So every, you know, everybody or most people, unless you're an essential worker, you're working at home. And like right now I'm working in my bedroom. Hey honey, I got a really important meeting. You know, can you make sure the kids stay downstairs and everything? <laughs> my bed is two feet away. A quick 20 minute power nap is <laughs> incredible. <fantastic>. And <laughs> what? Is that bad? No, that's fantastic. I'm not against <laughs> this at all. No. <laughs> no, that's right. not bad. All right, Good. the 20-minute power nap, especially if you're working from your own bedroom. Um, Dave, what do you have for us today? I want to do one on social media, but I feel like now, because Doug's been so good uh, <laughs> at sharing just a life, a pandemic hack, I feel like maybe I need to 
give a pandemic hack, but I can't think of one straight off. Yeah, top. I don't have a pandemic hack either. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, now I want to hear your social media one anyways. That's what I absolutely. want to hear. Okay, so you know, I was just talking about how um, you know there's a lot of negativity. Uh, well, it's easy for men to find things. I'm going to put it that way because I think too often we say, "Oh, it's just all these pictures that are lurid keep appearing in my feed." Yeah. No, no, no. You you've decided to make it that something way. in us is so, looking for those. Yes, exactly. And so here's my hack to avoid uh, looking at those things. This is what I do. In our house, my wife and my three teenage girls, all, all of us have the same password to get into our phones, into our mobile nice. devices. We all have exactly the same password. And we did that as a way, you know, we did that when we first got the girls' phones because we said, hey, mom and dad need to have access to everything in your phone. It's our phone. We pay for it. We pay for the net network. And so we want to have access to your phone. But what I've learned is this, it keeps me accountable probably as much. And I'm going to be honest, if not more than my girls, because I know at any minute, my wife or my daughters will pick up my phone, unlock it and scroll through my Instagram, yep. scroll through my Twitter feed, scroll through my search on, you know, Safari, like yeah. they will scroll. And if, you know, and I've taught them that, hey, if you see anything where there's no cookies or there's no search history or anything, ask me questions. But just having that means that I am super careful about everything, everything on my phone. And yeah, so that's, that's a hack that for me is an accountability hack that has been so helpful over the last few years. I love it, man. We all need that. Um, I'll, I'll do a social media one also that didn't even occur to me to just a minute ago, but I can, um, I'm a, a kind of an abstract thinker. I like a lot of variety, a lot of different input from a lot of sources. So I'll scroll through um, Instagram, you know, all, for a while. Um, and I can be in the habit of it. Um, if I just sort of get in it, it just all of a sudden starts to suck time out of my life. I'll follow a thread and then I'm, you know, watching a guy paint a thing. And anyway, you know how it is. Um, yeah. And I have this little alert. I don't even remember how I turned it on, but it tells me when I've been on Instagram for 15 minutes, like, really, it's like, Hey, you've been on Instagram for 15 minutes. Even if I am seven minutes here, five minutes here and a couple minutes there, when I hit the 15 minute mark in a day, it's like, Hey, you've been on Instagram for 15 minutes. And every time I'm like, shoot, that's too long. I don't feel good about it. <laughs> Occasionally I will be in like a continual thread of clips from the office and I just can't stop caution to the wind. I don't care about the 15 minute timer, but um, that 15 minute timer saves me. I don't know from just letting time get away from me. And it comes yeah, quick. That's good. It comes real yeah. quick. All right. That's there a really there you go, hack. guys. Three very helpful um, tips and tricks from this little section we like to call man hacks. Man okay. Hacks. We hey, nailed hacks. that again. <laughs> We're getting better and better. Okay. Jumping back. I, in. Love how, I love how Dave jumped in like a second and a half. <laughs> I want to be part of this. I'm a Enneagram three. I got to jump in. Come on. Yes. All right. Ready? Ready? Man. Man hacks. Yeah. We nailed it again. Gosh, you guys, this, this threesome maybe needs to be um, the podcast. Every, every episode from now on. It's too good. Okay. 
jumping back into our topic of social media, um, as we think about, you know, so many of us are just kind of consumers and we get frustrated with what we see, even though we have even unintentionally decided what we would see by putting our, our likes and thoughts and opinions into the algorithms of the Facebook world and Instagram world and YouTube world and all those things. But what what should we be using social media for, Dave? Yeah, that's a great question, man. Um, and, and, you know, my answer varies depending on what audience I'm talking to. And since I'm talking to, to guys, um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say this, there's a couple of things that we can do. I think if you're a, if you are a dad, I truly believe that, um, Instagram makes you a more efficient and effective father. I honestly believe wow. that. Um, because as my girls have gotten older, as, as I've started to understand their world a little bit more through Instagram, through TikTok, through all of these social media platforms, I am much more in their world mm -hmm. than my parents ever were in my world. Yep. And not in a, uh, you know, not in a helicopter dad point of view, but just from a, I can see where they are and I can see what they're doing and I can see who they're with. And I'm privy to the conversations that they have with their friends because when they post something to say Instagram, their friends will comment on it. And it allows me to have conversations that I otherwise wouldn't have had. Because if wow. there's a negative comment on there, I can say to one of my daughters, Hey, that, that guy Lee, what, what's the deal with him? Like I saw that he wrote something on your, oh, well, he was only joking dad or, or yeah, he's really mean to me about blah, blah, blah. Then I've got the opportunity wow. to, to step in, in those moments. So I truly believe it makes you more efficient and it makes you way more effective because you, you, you're able to see what your kids like as well. That is so good. I, I feel like, um, it's just such a good reminder. Like you're not on there to bust them. You're on there yeah. to know them, to know their heart, mm. to know what's going on. So well said. God, that's yeah. incredible. I love that. Yeah. You're not there to surveil them, right? right. That, the idea of surveillance is that you're looking for somebody to do something wrong. That's, that's the idea of yeah. surveillance. You're, you're waiting for them to screw up so that you can pounce on it, right? That's surveillance. This is not surveillance. This is supervision. We supervise our kids when they're at the playground. We've always done that. When they're going down the slides, we're there to catch them, right? Of course. This is the same sort of thing. We have to supervise our kids. And this is a great way for us to do that and to track with them. It also creates, I found that it creates really great moments. Great moment for me just last week. I've got a TikTok account. I've got a very specific uh, sort of content that I post on TikTok. But this past week, I needed to create a flip switch TikTok because my girls were like, dad, you got to do flip switch. Well, first of all, I had to figure out what flip switch was. <laughs> I have no idea. Then I <laughs> no got idea. I, I got, <laughs> then I got two of my girls to come and help me film it. A one to teach me how to do it <laughs> and one to help me actually film it. And then I had a great moment with my third daughter when she ragged on me for, <laughs> for doing it. Beautiful. Well, who do you think you are doing this TikTok <laughs> flip switch thing? You're, you're so old and they <laughs> laugh and pick on me, but it's creating memories. It's creating yes. these great moments. And guess what happened one day later? my eldest daughter says, Hey dad, can you come and do a TikTok with me? Oh, man. Yeah, I'll do that. But why are they doing that? Because they know I'm on TikTok and they know that I, I might be doing it in a really bad fashion as far as they're concerned. <laughs> right. But 
but it creates these these moments that I know are going to be memorable for them. You know what I mean? Gosh, that is so good. So definitely um, connecting with kids, connecting with next generation, whoever it is, nephews, nieces, yeah. um, leading a middle school small group or a high school small yeah. group, whatever. Yeah. Um, gosh, and that's then the other thing, the other thing for me, Lee, is what I do, um, and and Doug probably knows this because Doug knows me pretty well. Um, I I leverage my social media to literally teach my kids and the people around me everything that I know about Jesus, everything that I know about faith. Wow. Like my Instagram is 100% and I use all of my platforms differently. Like I've got a strategy and a purpose for each platform, but my Instagram account is primarily designed to teach my kids everything I know about faith, the Bible, church, and Jesus. Oh. And I say to my girls all the time, hey, I'm going to die one day. And when that happens, if you want to know anything and everything your dad knew about faith, just go to Instagram, go wow. to my Instagram account. Um, and then for, for uh, you know, for t- when it comes to Twitter, Twitter's where I post and I, I, I tell them this all the time. This is where I post my life hacks for them or my life hacks for anybody who follows me on Twitter. So what I do is I've got a hashtag that I post with, I would argue probably 90% of my tweets go out with the hashtag stuff I want my daughters to know. Wow. And so, again, when I die, this is not faith necessarily. Some of it involves faith, but it's more what I've learned about business, what I've learned about entrepreneurship, what I've learned about leadership, just life hacks. And so, they'll be able to find those things as well. So, I'm kind of leaving it almost, my, my social media is almost like a time capsule, right? right. Um, it's time capsule where I share my faith and I try to um, give my kids, especially my kids, but I get a lot of comments from other people as well that I'm just trying to teach people what I know about faith and what I know about Jesus and what I know about life. Man, that is incredible. Talk about intentionality. I feel like I'm way behind the curve. All this. <laughs> I didn't even know it. Before we, well, I kind of knew it, but I didn't know it. <laughs> hey, well, keep in mind, Lee, you're on, you're on Instagram for 15 minutes a day. I'm on it for probably 15 hours a day. Like this is literally my job. Right. So right. That's I, I've, good. Got, I, I've got, I've got to be intentional. But for us, but for us, I mean, there's, there's, there's a learning point here for, for us, Lee and me, and for the guys that are listening in men's groups, because we're all in community yeah. trying to get to know each other better relationally and grow spiritually. What are like just for the guy out there, whether he does or doesn't, but says, yeah, I just don't really want to be on social media. What are just like two or three practical things you would do outside of what you just said about connecting for your kids and and, yeah. and the younger generation? Yeah, sure. Look, you know, and social media is not for everybody. Let's be honest. There's, there's going to be some people who just for whatever reason are not do not want to be on it. I know a lot of guys who are in like the police force who are in the military who are like, hey, you know what? This is just from a privacy point of view. I don't want to do that. And, and you know, I try to try to share with them a different vision for what, what it can have. But there are some people who just don't want to do that. And that's fine. And I would say that's totally fine. That's totally fine for you to do sure. that. But in those instances, make sure that you're at least aware of some components around those social media platforms. Know that Twitter is, you know, a mini micro blog type thing where you get a certain number of characters and that's it. Know that Instagram is primarily a place where people share photos. Know that YouTube is the place where people share videos. Like if you just know those sorts of things, at least when it gets to the point when somebody's talking about it and it might be an employee, an employer, or it might be a kid or a spouse, at least you, you're aware of what they're talking about. So just try to keep up to date with things like that. 
That's what I would suggest. And use your text. Use your iMessage. Use your mm-hmm. texting apps that are built into your phone to stay connected with the guys that you're leading or the kid, you know, the teenagers that you're leading if you're, you know, in some sort of student leadership. Yeah, that's really good. Um, so, yeah, find your place and uh, stay connected. And be intentional about your place too, right? Yeah, absolutely. What do you imagine um, if you could help every guy, every listener take a step toward intentionality, connectivity, especially with regard to their groups? What are some tips or tools you could give them? Would you would you hashtag your group name? Would you, I don't know, would you start a group on Facebook for your group? What are your thoughts? Well, I think it depends on what level you're at in the group. Are you a participant or are you a leader of the group? If you're a leader of the group, I think having that social media presence allows you to maybe communicate things that you don't always have time to communicate in the group because you're being much more intentional. What I would say is this, and this is not really a social media platform, but it is technology related. At least have some sort of group text happening with your with the gut people in your group, whether that's, um, you know, a, a group text uh, group thing me. that you've got going on, whether it's group me, whether it's WhatsApp, even yeah. if whether or not it's Marco Polo or something along those sure. lines, have something where you're communicating constantly with your group uh, members. Because I just think it's a great way for you to be intentional about communicating with them on a regular basis. I can't think of anything stepping in to change my thinking on this, but I think text iMessage, that sort of thing, is the most intimate form of technology that we have. You know, uh, studies show that a really high open rate on an email, for example, is like 22%. That's a really high open rate on an email, like a group email. When it comes to Facebook, the estimates are that when you post something to Facebook, 3% of your audience gets it. So that means if you've got right. 100 people you're following you, only three people will see whatever you post. And that might be the most important thing in the world to you, but only three people will see it. Wow. But when it comes to text, 97% of texts get open. Wow. Think about it in your own life. If the text comes through, you open it. Of course. You at least read it. You might not re- respond, but you at least read it. So I would be encouraging people, if you're leading anything, workplace mm. or church, keep text happening because it's so it's such a valuable source of of um of communication and be intentional about that you know i there are guys who i will text from time to time just to say hey man god put you on my mind right now i just wanted to be praying for you and janie or you you know whoever it might be like i I would literally say those words text it if it pops in my head because how often as christians do we say hey i'm going to pray for you man and then we don't and we just leave and go well what if you texted that you know what I mean? What yeah. if you texted that prayer? Hey, hey, Lee, I just wanted you to know, man, I'm praying for you as a dad today. Mm-hmm. God just put you on my heart. I just wanted you to know that. How encouraging is that? I know when people haven't been intentional about sending that to me, I keep those texts like it's a reminder to me to go back when I'm not having a great day, yes. when, when the pandemic's getting me down and the quarantine's getting me down. I will go back and reread those texts and go, oh, man, that was so encouraging to me in that moment. So I would say, even if you're not on social media, leverage some sort of other technology to stay connected to people. That is really good. We have a lot of options out there. And for those of you who are still trying to email your group, at least text them and tell them you (laughs) sent an email. (laughs) That that might be the baby step one. 
Before we ask you our final three questions for every um, expert and interviewee, is there anything else you want to leave us with? Yeah, well, here's here's what I would say, and, and I'm I'm going to put my money where my mouth is right now, right? After everything that I just said, here's what I want to say to all of the guys who are listening to your podcast right now. If there is anything that I as a pastor can pray for you about, regardless of what it is, I want you to text me, 201-267-2156. I'm giving out my cell phone number on this to I don't know who, but I think if there's anything that I can just to pray for you, if you just need to say, hey, I just need prayer today and that's it, then I would love to be able to pray for you and, and connect on that level, 201-267-2156. Shoot me a text and I will... I will pray for you. That is amazing. Thank you so much, Dave. And I feel like I know you well enough that you wouldn't have done that without being incredibly intentional and if you didn't want to. Um, so thank you for that. And thank you for being you. Um, all right. No worries. Here are the three questions for every guest. First, okay. Is this rapid fire? Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're relatively light. Um, the first one is, what are you reading or learning right now? Oh my gosh. Um, I just started reading. I, I read a lot of books. And when I say read, uh, here's another life hack. Audible is technically reading. Amen, brother. And so since I've had an Audible account, um, I have I basically read at least two books a month and I just crank them out. Awesome. So um, the book I'm reading, um, the book I'm reading at the moment is I literally just started started it today. Oh, it started playing. It's called How Jesus Became God. How Jesus Became God. Oh, it wow. is a it's fascinating read. But if I could add, my favorite book so far this year is um, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Yes. And my favorite book that I read every single year is Originals by Adam Grant. Huh. Interesting. Really good book. That's a that's quite an endorsement, if you ask me. If you read it every year, every year, um, that is every awesome. year. Usually, when a man tells me that. I will read that book. So I'm I'll on read, it. It's not a Christian book. It's not Dave, a Christian book, just so you know. Dave's given me a couple book recommendations over the years. And every time it's like, wow, that's like one of the best books I've Home ever run. read. Yeah. yeah. I'm not surprised. All right. Second question. <laughs> what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? Oh, gosh. Dude, that's such a great question. There's so many things that I would say. Um uh, listen more, speak less would be one. Yes. God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. Um, <laughs> l basically listen to your wife and whatever she says. Cause she, and, and I don't say that because one of the things I've learned since being married, I've been married like 25 years, wow. 24 years. She was always smarter than me. <laughs> and the older I get, the more I realize it. That's awesome. But when I was 20, no, I was like, no, I'm the guy in this thing. So, therefore, I'm the one who makes these decisions about X, Y, and Z. Yeah, that just proves no, 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 you weren't no. smarter. <laughs> she was always smarter, and I'm just starting to realize it. So, I would say listen to her. That is <laughs> listen to her a lot more. fantastic. All right, final question is, what is your under $100 frivolous purchase you would make right now if you had 100 bucks? Man, you're asking me at the wrong time because, <laughs> because there are like, I'm not even joking. I've got probably 30 things in my Amazon gift. I've, I make Amazon gift lists. 
um, uh, things I want to buy but I can't buy right now. Right. Um, so it would be something camera related for sure. In fact, there's a little portable light that I want more than anything <laughs> that's under $100. I want this portable light and I've wanted it for a while and I just haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. That's awesome. Because I can't justify it. But, you know, I'm, I, one day I'm going to get it. I'll get it soon. So that would be the thing that pops straight into my head. Yeah, I love it. That's fantastic. Great answer. And I hope Doug buys that for you today. I think that'll be a really nice thing. Just throwing that out there, Doug. Okay, guys, as always, thank you for listening. We hope this is helpful. Um, we also hope, of course, that you are connected in a group of some sort, that you're doing life with other men because we really do and we could not stress it enough that we really do believe that you are a better man when you're doing life with other men, men who know you and men who can encourage you and help you along this journey because none of us were meant to do it alone. We also hope that you ask yourself these three questions after you listen to this podcast or after you learn anything for that matter, but especially if you're listening to this with a group of men or talking about it with a group of men. One, what does this mean for me personally? Two, what am I going to do about it? What's a step I can take? And three, how can we help? How can your group help you? And if ever you enjoy what you're hearing and think, yeah, but I'm not connected in a group and you want to be connected in a group, feel free to reach out to us. I wish I had a text number to give you um, after all of our conversation, but email us at mpmen at northpoint.org. And um, we'll help you take next steps to find your group, to find guys to get connected to. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Dave. We will end with this. Grateful for you guys. Please like the podcast. That always helps us. And we will talk to you next time. <laughs>